When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you like Rogan and Rodney, be sure to check out Petros and Money. Hear them live weekdays at 3 on AM570 LA Sports or podcast their show on the iHeartRadio app by searching Petros and Money. AM570 KLA. 98.7 KYSR HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred, Fred Rogan. Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Pete. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. All right, so the Clippers have done it. They have advanced Rodney. Uh, I don't think it gets them out of the woods because I've said from the beginning, the Clippers need to go to the Western Conference Finals. If they don't yeah. go, then it's a failure. Here, here, here's what I, I would say to that, Fred. I, 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 this was a huge series just because their backs were to the wall and, and to see how they responded when, when it was got like that where it was kind of an uphill battle. You could feel it happening to them last year in the bubble when they got to game seven. It just didn't feel like a sense of urgency or like they, you know, it, it could go either way. This game seven, it felt like Kawhi was not going to let him lose. Right. He, he was not going to let him lose. Right. And, and I felt, I mean, as as close and as big as Luka went out and went out swinging, it just Kawhi was not going to let them lose. And I'm going to say that because of that, that will catapult them to the Western Conference Finals at least. All right. Well, joining us now, the man that hosts Clipper Countdown, the halftime show, the postgame show as well, the Saltier Adam Oslin here to talk all NBA, brought to you by Honey. Huh? The money browser. <laughs> He's getting closer. What was it? The money-saving browser extension. Okay, well, it's close. Yeah, At least I had yeah. browser, which is much better than I used to do. Fred is good Always to see Always defer to the guy that knows exactly what it is, Fred. Yeah, but, I mean, he wants me to introduce it properly. Honey, the money-saving well, browser extension. Write it down. Well, I could do that. I, I hadn't considered that, but I could do that. That steel trap ain't working as well as it used to, no, Fred. It's, not. it's my new sinister look. <laughs> yeah, the wolf man over here. Let's go. <laughs> Give me that little raspy voice, man. Come on. <laughs> One time. You know what? Remember Wolfman Jack? So I worked in radio when I started in radio. Uh, and this was, uh, I started at Kiko in Globe, Arizona. Then I went to K-Blue Radio in Yuma, Arizona. And the program director there was Lee Poole. 
but his name on the air was Rufus Coyote. And what he was was kind of a Wolfman Jack wannabe. So he talked like Wolfman Jack. He, he Everything he did was Wolfman Jack, except when you talked to the guy, he sounded like me. I don't know why I thought that. He, he was a faker Wolfman. of the funk. He was a yeah. knockoff brand. He was yeah. a knockoff, yeah. yeah. The yeah. Safeway. He, don't that's do right. that to the Wolfman. Don't do that to the Wolfman. Yeah, don't do that to the Wolf. All right, Adam. So uh, it was a series they obviously had to win. Has Kawhi decided to assert himself now? Is this the guy we're going to see all the way through? Well, I don't know if he can put up this level of efficiency moving forward. It's going to be difficult. The Utah Jazz, top five offense, but also a top five defense. And what Kawhi did against the Dallas Mavericks, who were almost a bottom 10 defense on the season, was really unbelievable. We haven't seen efficiency like this since Shaquille O'Neal in the 2000 NBA Finals. The only two guys in the last, what, 21 years now to average 30 points per game in a series while shooting 60% from the field have been Kawhi Leonard and Shaq back in the year 2000. And Shaq for all point blank. Yeah. And yeah, we're talking about the MDE. Yeah. We're talking about somebody who's taking all those shots within three feet of the basket. Meanwhile, right. Kawhi Leonard is hitting those big time jumpers, has the 45 points carried them in that game six back against the wall victory in Dallas. And that's the thing. He was even better in Dallas when they needed him yeah. to be. He didn't shoot less than 71% from the field in any of the three games in Dallas that they had to win. You think about it, the Clippers really had three elimination games because they had the Game three, where you can't go down three games to none. They were down by 19 early in that game. They come back to win. Kawhi and PG were magnificent. Then they have the literal must win in game six, down three games to two. And then yesterday, a winner take all game seven. So to Rodney's point and what he was talking about, this can propel them forward. This is a great learning experience because it reinforces that belief and that faith that they've had all season long. This is a resilient bunch. They've been great all year whenever they needed to bounce back in games after poor performances, they did. When they were down big, down 22 against the Atlanta Hawks, they came back and won. They won a game without all five starters. They just have been a team that has stepped up when they've needed to, and it carried over, obviously, in the series. No, it, it did. It did, Adam. And, and I guess the thing, when you look at Game 6 and Game 7, Game 6 especially because you pointed that out, but Kawhi was... <clears throat> You know, and, and I don't know if it's because Luca was going off so so much and everybody was in awe and it's Luca, he's the next next he's the best player on the floor. It felt like to me, game six and seven, is that I'm about to show you who the best player on the floor is. No one has been better in the playoffs so far than Kawhi Leonard. I mentioned yeah. those numbers, but He's also playing defense. Lucas shot 40% in the series when he was guarded by Kawhi Leonard, who was the primary defender. It wasn't always easy. You had to fight through screens, and they did a better job in tightening the screws defensively as the series went along for the Clippers because Dallas was otherworldly to start things off with that three-point shooting. And Luka lost a game yesterday where he was one point shy of the all-time scoring record in a Game 7 held by Dominique Wilkins back in, I want to say it was 87 in the Eastern Conference Final Series against Larry Bird. He had 47 in that Game 7. Yesterday, yeah. Luka had 46. They still lost. Because we talked about this before the series, 
Luca can get his. You got to yeah. stop everybody else. And Tim Hardaway Jr. finally slowed down. Dorian yeah. Finney-Smith. All yep. these role players. And Chris Stapps Porzingis had a really poor series for the Dallas yeah, Mavericks. He, he Where, what happened to him? Yeah, that meniscus Seriously. injury has really sapped him of a lot of that athleticism that he used to be. When he first came out, I mean, he was an elite defender. He was really a good rim protector. That's why he was a unicorn. He was in the same vein of Anthony Davis. He was that type of player. But he wasn't as aggressive offensively and defensively. The Clippers were going right at him. Yeah, I tell you, he looked like a liability out there. He was? Yeah, he he, he did him no favors. And, and I was wondering, watching it, why is he playing? I mean, it looks terrible. Well, they took him out at times. Yeah. The second half of the yeah. series, they Boban went Boban was more effective. Boban was. Bobby Ball. He was great in the I series. I loved him. I loved him. It, it had yeah. uh, Clippers fans being a little bit wistful out there, <laughs> reminiscing yeah. of the Bobby Toby days from yeah. a couple years ago because Boban's the most lovable player in all of sports right now. It doesn't matter if he's going against you and dunking on you and getting easy buckets. You can't help but smile. Yeah. There was this picture post game with Kawhi Leonard and him hugging. It was just like, oh. They're adorable. <laughs> They're as cute as Freddie with his new facial hair. Thank you. But isn't that, Adam, isn't that the, the, the key, I mean, for, for all of this? Because w- with the performance of Kawhi, and obviously this went game seven. You just mentioned his his efficiency throughout the whole series and what he did on the road in Dallas and all those things. And even Paul George had a pretty good series. I, I would yeah. say he, he, he did. But if not for Reggie Jackson, if not for Marcus Morris, they still don't win, and if and, and and the Lakers, you look at the flip side of the Lakers, they don't, ha- they didn't have that any kind of that consistency, which is why it was always going to be kind of an uphill battle for them this year. I saw a tweet from our friend Zach Elcaldi, who works here at AM five seventy, and he said. Lakers fans were hoping Dennis Schroeder just did what Reggie Jackson has been doing for the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. They were looking for that type of performance out of Dennis Schroeder. It never came. And the Clippers, after, and the guy who deserves the most credit for this turnaround in this series is Coach Lou. He really does because he injected Reggie Jackson into the starting lineup in game three. That's yep. when the series changed. Then he put Nicholas Batum into the starting lineup. They went small so that it had that switchability against Luka Doncic out there. But those two three pointers that Reggie Jackson hit in the fourth quarter of game yep. seven to really be dagger shots to put the game away along with that big three from Marcus Morris, that was the difference. But The Clippers just had to wait out the law of averages going against them all series long. They didn't shoot the ball well from three after being the best three-point shooting team during the regular season until Game 7, where the shots finally started to drop from them, open threes from the outside. Think about this. Marcus Morris started off this series 0 of 9 from three after he was the second best three-point shooter in the entire league at 47% during the regular season. So he starts off 0 for 9. Yesterday in Game 7, he goes 7 for nine from distance. So they hit 23 pointers, most ever hit by a team in a game seven before. And the law of averages is undefeated. It snapped back in their favor finally because early on in the series, the basketball gods were uh, were not gracing the Clippers with their presence. They were not helping them. All right. So now when we look at Utah and uh, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley mm. Jr., the crew, what do you see? Is that what they call them, the crew? Yeah, the crew. <laughs> Uh, how do you, What do you anticipate, and what will the Clippers have to do? 
Utah, not only are they the best team in the West record-wise, they're the best team in all of basketball record-wise. They would have home court over anyone if they got to the NBA Finals. They've been that good all season long, and they've been really balanced. And you know, I've been talking about the Utah Jazz going back to last season, because if Boyan Bogdanovich hadn't got hurt, I don't think the Denver Nuggets would have been able to come back on them in the bubble down three games to one. They were missing one of their key pieces. And also last season, Mike Conley Jr. wasn't shooting the ball well, getting acclimated with his new team. He's had a bounce back year, but he's dealing with a hamstring injury now. And he's actually been a Clippers killer going back to his Memphis Grizzlies days and those series against the Clippers uh, in back-to-back years in 2012 and 2013. But they need him. But I think one of their biggest advantages is also one of their biggest flaws. I've talked about this before. If you go small against Rudy Gobert, that is a big-time problem for the Utah Jazz because he's so important to what they do. And If you can bring him away from the basket, and the Clippers are going to try to do that, they did that in the last game against them in the regular season with Nicholas Batum. It worked. They were 1-2 and two against the Jazz in the regular season, but they won that last game when they went small and they took Rudy Gobert in that size away from the basket. He could be a liability as a perimeter defender. Even though he might win Defensive Player of the Year, it's because of that paint protection. And when you have the versatility and the shooting that the Clippers do, that's going to be the matchup. That's what's going to determine this series. How effective is Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert going to be for the Utah Jazz out there? Is is that it for for them? Because, like you mentioned, you know Rudy Gobert, rim protector, that whole situation. If they do go small. Um, is, is the best chance for for the Clippers in, in this series? I'm looking at the guard play too from mm. from Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Um, is that going to be an issue? Guard play around the league has been phenomenal in this in this whole playoff situation. So I'm impressed by that. But you're right about Conley. He's picked his game up. Yeah, he picked his game up. Is he going to be healthy, though? In that game five, where they took out the Memphis Grizzlies in five games in the first round, he was spotty. He has some mild hamstring injury. He was in and out of the lineup. Now, Donovan Mitchell has been an absolute stud in the playoffs, going back to his first series when they took out the OKC Thunder. I think it was back in 2017 or 2018 with Paul George and Russell Westbrook. It was Donovan Mitchell's kind of coming out party where people started to make these comparisons to Dwayne Wade. He is that guy. He is very good in big moments. And he just is coming off a series where he didn't even play game one. That was the only game they lost against the Memphis Grizzlies. Then they won four straight with Donovan Mitchell out there, who was getting an efficient 28 points per game in that series so he is a handful but when you're coming off having to card Luka Doncic who isn't just a scorer he's obviously a great playmaker and sees things out there on the court that nobody else does it better prepares you for a series like this and I think going forward that could be the springboard what happened in this seven game series against the Dallas Mavericks could end up being a blessing in disguise and could end up being exactly what the Clippers needed to get over the hump finally all right Let's switch to the Lakers now, and if you're Rob Polinka and you're looking at what you have and the trade ships you have, going forward, what do you have to do? Because you really kind of have to – I know he said he wants to keep the core together. Well, the core is truly AD and LeBron. Everybody else is expendable. What do you do? Well, the problem is, salary cap-wise, they're hamstrung. They have issues because a lot of fans have soured on Dennis Schroeder. I told you this guy was moody and spotty in the playoffs throughout his career, and he was awful in games five and six. Couldn't even score in game five. And he was supposed to be that third player when you needed him. But when 
During the regular season, Anthony Davis went out and LeBron James went out. He didn't step up. Kyle Kuzma didn't step up. Montrez Harrell, just like I thought, was going to be unplayable in that series. They couldn't get him out there because of his size and because of the liability he is defensively, and they weren't going to risk that. And then when rubber met road, Frank Vogel even decided, we're not going to play Andre Drummond. We're not going to start him. Finally, they started Marcus Gasol in Game 6. Too little, too late, but it was telling, it was revealing that they did not play Andre Drummond at all in a must-win situation when he had been playing consistently. And I do think... To me, that just strengthens the fact that I believe the whole time they promised him that starting role, and that's the only reason he was out there so often. But it threw the front court rotations uh, for a loop, and they didn't have any consistency or chemistry there, even when Anthony Davis and LeBron were back. Now, if those two guys were healthy, do I believe they were going to beat the Phoenix Suns? Yes, I do. But it might, it might have gone seven, because DeAndre Ayton, who... Fred, Fred was hating on Aiden, Fred Rogan. party. Don't you ever say a bad word about Aiden again. The <laughs> man shot 80% from the field in that series. I think that's an all-time record. He Maybe was somebody great. needs to guard him. <sighs> He's a big body. He moves you out of the He's way. Athletic. It's not that simple, Fred. You yeah. need to start giving him some love. But the Lakers are fine as long as their two superstars come back, get healthy, and these aren't career-altering injuries for LeBron James. He just needed time to heal, and that wasn't going to happen in the playoffs. And they kind of set that up. They were building that excuse from the beginning because Frank Vogel said, we just wish he had a couple more weeks. He said that multiple times, and LeBron James talked about how he won't be 100%. So they were building that excuse, and look, it could be an excuse, it could be a reason, but he didn't look like himself, obviously. He wasn't attacking the same way, and when they needed him to, without Anthony Davis, he couldn't flip that switch. He couldn't do what we just saw from Kawhi Leonard against the Dallas Mavericks. He just didn't have that in him, I think, because of the ankle injury. But they're hamstrung with the salary cap, because they can't really go out and get guys. They'd have to do a sign-and-trade with Dennis Schroeder, but you'd need the other team to play along and him to do the same. And he comes out after taking the Lakers off his Instagram account uh, and says, well, uh, I want to be back here. My, my thought is to be back here, saying all these things of how grateful he is to be playing next to LeBron James, and they're going to come back and win the championship next season. He was saying, I guess, all the right things, but it's kind of a mixed message when he already took away the point yeah. or, or his uh, Twitter or yeah, Instagram, I, Instagram I profile saying that he's the Los Angeles Lakers. He scrubbed it immediately after the game. So yeah. I, I don't know what to make of him. But the problem is I think they got to pay him because they can't get anyone else of his level that they can pay to go outside the salary cap. You can keep your own guys. But you can't do anything else. So I think they might keep him and Andre Drummond. It could totally happen. And they run this thing back and say, well, we were never fully healthy. We never had a chance to build that chemistry. This time know, it's going to be different. I don't know, Adam. With with And Fred talked brought this up earlier. It was the reality set in with Anthony Davis. You know, it was, it was a blessing that he made it through the bubble and they, he was great. They got the championship. But again, the, the injury question came up this year and he was out and then couldn't perform in the playoffs that the, the, the think that they can come back as constructed or maybe one more piece. I, I just, I don't know. Even with those two guys, as they get older, especially LeBron, like you said, can't take it over like he used to be. They need that. And they need another guy that they can 
hey. you know, you, we talked about Schroeder not stepping up, but they need another guy that they know they can count on that can go and step up because I don't know where they find it from. If those guys, if one of those guys is hurt, they're in trouble. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think they need to have some roster turnover, some major roster turnover, because all that depth, and remember going into the season with people saying, well, the Lakers got even better and they just yeah. won the championship, didn't turn out that way. Because some guys just didn't show up in the playoffs. Some guys just weren't able to get on the court because they were liabilities like Montrez Harrell. And they never found that replacement for JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard and what they provided them last season. But the problem is, you can keep your own guys. It's going to be very difficult for them to make major changes unless Dennis Schroeder wants to play ball. Unless that team that they try to sign and trade him with wants to play ball. And I don't know why anybody's going to go out and help the Los Angeles Lakers in that regard. And it sounds like Schroeder wants to be back. And I think Rob Palenka saying that we want to keep our core together means he knows they can't really make that many big, drastic changes. The one thing they could do... And here's another guy that didn't show up and who was absolutely abysmal was Kyle Kuzma. When they needed something from him offensively, it's funny because he got better in other areas this season. He was a more consistent defender, just a better all-around role player. But his offense got much worse. And then when guys were out, he couldn't raise his level of play offensively. And I think he shot something like 18% from three in that series, 30% from the field. But... He is kind of on a team-friendly contract. It is tradable because I could see another team saying, we're going to unleash him as our second or third best player and give him heavier minutes. And on a bad team, he could put up numbers for them and put butts in the seats. I could see that happening where a team would trade for Kyle Kuzma. That might be the one that they move. How about KCP? (sighs) I mean, he came back. He had a really good year offensively, but then he dealt with an injury at the end, and that hurt him. And Alex Caruso is an unrestricted free agent, and he might be out of their price range. He might have priced himself out from returning to Los Angeles Lakers unless he gives them a team-friendly deal. So, in some ways, it's first-world problems because you still have LeBron James, you still have Anthony Davis, and if you have those two guys healthy, you're always going to have a shot no matter who you surround them with. But... They obviously didn't have the same chemistry and continuity they had during the championship run. They just didn't have the right mix in the locker room or on the court. And I don't see them being able to make major changes. But I could be wrong. They could swing for the fences somehow and make a big move that nobody saw coming. Trade AD for Bradley Beal. Okay, maybe not that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Giving up on him already. I'm not giving up on him. I'm just saying. Yes, he's injury prone. But... When he's healthy, he gives you a chance to win a championship. Yes. And you could say during that playoff run last season, he was just yeah. as important as LeBron James was. Absolutely. You can't give up on a guy that like that who's still young. Still hey, Adam, young. real quick, I said this earlier because I, I, I just when I looked at Kawhi in, in Game Six and Game Seven, and then you talked about you know LeBron, just you know when when it was evident that without AD, everybody's eyes are all okay. What's LeBron going to do? He's got to go off. He's got to do this. Do you think it's frustrating at times that when you see Kawhi do what he did in Game Six, like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm, give me the ball, get out of the way, I'm, I'm gonna get forty on you right now, and and by the way, get out of the way because I, I got, I got Luca, I got him. Um, that you don't see that all the time, and it, and when you think about it, and we were spoiled because we had Kobe here, mm. uh, and and we, you know, we just saw the last dance with Michael Jordan, the guys like that are just coming at you from start to finish, like. Larry Bird types, like even Luca. I think that's what so many people are excited about Luca, is that he is an assassin from start to finish. Every game, he's coming to get fifty on you. 
and it feels like Kawhi's kind of I'm let's see how the flow goes, and then if you need me, I'm gonna get you. And same thing with LeBron. I'm gonna see how the flow goes, and if you need me, I'm gonna get you. Well, but it's not start to finish. Uh, I guess you could say there's been some inconsistency, but I think over his last 50 playoff games now, in 30 of them, he has gone for 30 or more. I mean, he has been one of the most consistent playoff performers. Whether or not he can replicate what he just did against the Dallas Mavericks, that's asking way too much because Utah is better defensively, and those efficiency numbers were just off the charts, otherworldly. He was a basketball god in this series, but... It's not like he waited too long to get going because he had 18 points in the first quarter of Game 2 against the Dallas Mavericks. Those are the most points he's ever scored in a quarter in his playoff career. Remember, he had 30 at the half in that game. They still lost it, even though he finished, I think, with 41 or 42. He had that sense of urgency early on in this series. Dallas was just so good, and it kind of masked that. People kind of forgot that until that game six where he really cemented himself as maybe being the best player in the game once again, something we were talking about in 2019 after he won with the Toronto Raptors. So he has elevated his game. We'll see if it continues to this level against the Utah Jazz. going to be difficult, but should be a great series starting tomorrow night in game one in Utah. We'll have it for you on the Patriot AM 1150, Freddie, starting at uh, 6 p.m. with your Clippers Countdown Show. That's right. Adam will be there at 6. The game will be on at 7. Saltier, Adam Oslin. Thank Bro- you for hanging. Brought, Brought to you by... by... Come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Let those Honey, whiskers go. The money-saving browser. <laughs> Extension. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Well done, Fred. Oh, did you see Floyd Mayweather last night? Yes, should I he, did. Should Freddie. he be embarrassed? Unfortunately. Well, he don't care. He just made a hundred million dollars, so he's good. But, but yeah, it was it was not good. It was not a good night for boxing. I, I it felt like you're walking down the street. Whoa, whoa, and, and that, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Just hold that thought. Sports. B C B. Yes, all day. Purple one. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Prince. Uh, Sheila E. I hear you, Ronnie. Rodney, uh, before the break, I asked you what you thought of Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul last night. If you saw the fight, you said you did. You were sorry you saw yeah. it. Uh, and you were, you were making a comment. I'd like you to continue that, please. Yeah, it, it was like you're walking down the street, Fred, and and, and you see the guy on the box with the three-card Molly, and you just want to go play, and you think, oh, I got a chance to win this one. And all along, the guy knows you he's going to take your money because you, you got a sucker. <laughs> That's what you felt like by buying that fight. Like, you were, we all got played. We all got punked. We all got – and they, they laughed their way through it at the end and, and, and spit on our face when they said we had fun in here. Yeah, well, did you hear between <laughs> rounds at one point um, – Paul's trainer was talking to him and said, you've already got your money. Just, <laughs> you did I what you after, came here to do. After four rounds. It was like, yeah. you already got your money. Just, you know, hang on. Just last. Just last. Yeah. Just go the distance. Uh, so we got taken again. You know, every time one of the Paul boys fights, I've paid for him because my kids like it. We keep getting taken. Uh, should Floyd Mayweather, uh, you look, it was David against Goliath. I mean, Paul was so much bigger than Floyd, who was in his forties, yeah. for God's yeah. sakes. I mean, they said it was he was eighty nine at the weigh in, but he was probably another 10, 15 pounds at the time of the fight. Yeah, I thought actually, I still thought if Floyd really wanted to fight, he'd have knocked yeah. him out. 
Yeah. I did think that. Yeah, it was like round three or four. I think Floyd came out. Okay, let me just let me let me score at will on this guy for a little bit, and then <laughs> then he went back to okay, let me just <laughs> chill for the next two rounds. But yeah, yeah, there was a moment there. You're like, okay, now it's about like the Conor McGregor fight, right? right. It was it's like okay. This has lasted long enough. Let me put him away. Yeah, and that's what you thought was going to happen there, and it didn't. It didn't happen, well, and 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 maybe there was an agreement beforehand. I didn't. There's a clip that kind of went viral over the last, I'd say, the last 16 hours or so of the fight where Floyd Mayweather, you know, counters and gets him on the side of the head, and <laughs> Paul is all falling forward. He would have fell falling down if Floyd stepped out of the way, but he actually grabbed him and held him up. <laughs> so that oh really? Even more into the fact that people, yeah, it was it was slowed down uh, slightly, uh, so maybe you couldn't catch it if it was happening in real time. But basically, he clocks Paul, and Paul falls forward, and Floyd ducks underneath and holds him up from underneath. I don't know if he may have whispered to him, "Hold on, brother, hold on, we almost do, we almost do." <laughs> but that's the that's the kind of vibe you got to your point, like almost like a gentleman's agreement. We got through a yeah. certain amount of rounds. Let's finish this thing off. You know, we don't want any knockdowns, no knockouts. Yeah. You look okay because I'll for look okay. for. You know, this this sets up the next fight for Logan Paul, right? right. Floyd is done, right? He's not doing anything else unless McGregor comes out and says, let's do it for real again. But and even then, I don't think Floyd does it unless it's an exhibition where he knows he's not going to get hurt or not even get touched, basically. He said as much, by the yeah. way, in the post. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Why would I not do this? I, I'm, not, I don't put my, I'm not putting myself in harm's way. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of boxer says that getting into a ring with live punches? Yeah, I'm not going to put myself in harm's way, but I'm going to go get that money. <laughs> I don't think he made $100 million. What do you think he made? I don't know what the what – the, Fred, you bought it. It's 50 bucks. Everybody bought it. Part of the deal with him was they got part of the pay-per-view money, so I don't know what that number is, but that, they did. I'm sure they did a huge number because people that didn't even want to buy, buy it ended up buying it. and. I, I I don't know what that number is, but it depends on the percentage he got of the pay per view. But I know he got he got something guaranteed up front too, just to make sure he showed up. So that was a big number. Um, but man, and and then it, then you know the the fight with his brother with the uh, with the MMA guy what was his name asking Ben Ben whoever ben Askren. It was yeah they showed him laughing in the lock after he got knocked out he's laughing walking with his girlfriend. In the locker room, like not more than five minutes after he got knocked out, like, oh, we made some money here. So yeah, you feel like you got you got taken. You know what is Taiwan Woodley better do something to save face for for legitimate boxing and MMA. Tyron's gonna cash that check like everybody else. It seems like <laughs> the way things are going. What what is it about now? And, and I and I don't know. I mean, I'm actually interested in these things. And I like I said, my kids they're in their twenties. They're interested in these things. I more people seem interested in watching that than real boxing. Yeah. More people want to pay for that than actual boxing. And I don't understand why. I what what is it? Just the 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 carnival atmosphere of it? The thought of the well, it's, and it's and it's the brothers. They're, they're first of all, they're you, you gotta give it up to them because they figured it out. They they their hustle is work and it's working. And they 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 set it up and did it on YouTube, but they took it to a whole nother level with the boxing thing. So, uh, you know, this is America. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna downgrade that. They're they're they figure something out and they and it's working for them. They're like the Kardashians. But it's the brothers. Yeah, the Kardashians. I mean, you hate them all you want, but they they set the bar on 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 how to not have a whole lot of talent but make a lot of money. Um, but for for them, it's it's the brothers that were controversial to begin with. And and the whole 
population that is online that either it's it's no in between. Either you love them or you hate them. So when they get into the ring, the ones that love them want them to shock the world, and the ones that hate them want to get them see them. I mean, probably more than half the people wanted him Floyd to knock him out. Couldn't wait. That's the reason they tuned in because they wanted Floyd to knock him out and shut him up. Don't you think, though, for this to continue, and, and maybe it doesn't, but I'm thinking, doesn't there need to be a point where, okay, we're going to score this thing? Or yeah. you could get he has to fight. He has thing. to fight a real boxer now that's kind of in his prime, same weight. It has to be, you know, a 12-round bout now for him. He can't go through fighting celebrities or somebody that passed their prime or anything like that anymore. It, he... For to, to if if he it is what he says that he's trying to make this something legitimate or whatever it is, he does have to fight somebody that has had fights that is a real boxer that's got a record that is not fifty and and that is in his same weight class, you know. Oh, by the way, Maybe, neither of them are going anywhere. They both signed multi-fight deals with Showtime, yeah. so they're going to have at least a few more of these in the next few months. Yeah, but I'm just thinking that there's a point in time where, okay, yeah, you know, you, you lasted with Floyd Mayweather and the other one beat up the MMA, MMA guy and Nate Robinson. Okay, that's fine. There's got to be a point where now let, let's really see what you got here. Yeah, I think we are. I think we're there. I mean, unless, you know, who's if they get into it, I don't know, Fred, because you, you think about it. I don't know. I can't think of somebody off the top of my head, but if there's somebody that's in, that nobody likes, that they decide they're going to fight uh, just to make it happen. They want to shut somebody up. You know, people will tune in. And it could be somebody, a celebrity, another athlete that everybody hates or whatever. And, and it could, they could tune in. Like you said, it's, they've, they've set the, they set a little precedent about people tuning in to these guys. So which one is fighting Kanye? That's what I just interpreted right there. So oh, fighting yes. Kanye West. Is that, there is you that go. the next fight? Now, who would not turn tune into that? Who would not buy that? I'd buy it. I actually might pay for that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Kanye in there talking. You show Kanye in the gym working for this fight. The problem is Kanye won't stop talking. The fight will never start. <laughs> All right, Rodney. Everybody needs to be on alert. Because Jalen Ramsey is pissed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570 LA Sports. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. On a Monday, we'll be at a great weekend. Happy birthday, Prince, again. A little pop light for you, Rodney. I like it. Okay, so everybody knew Julio Jones was available. And uh, you think, man, go get Julio Jones. You're the Rams. You have Matthew Stafford throwing the ball. Yeah. That that makes you one of the Super Bowl favorites. That offense would be unstoppable. Yeah. Of course, the Rams didn't do that. They didn't get Julio Jones. He ended up in Tennessee. 
And the feeling was initially that you'd have to give up a first-round pick to get a guy like Julio Jones. Well, yeah. the truth of the matter is the Rams don't have any. You know, I, I don't think they have another first-round pick for the next 30 years. 2024. Oh, well, <laughs> Not quite, know, but it, it might as well be 30 years in NFL form, yeah. You know, who's counting? Anyway, they, they didn't have any first-round picks to give up. Well, it didn't take a first-round pick to get them, as a matter of fact. It took a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 fourth-rounder. That's what it took to get Julio Jones. So if you're on the Rams, you're thinking, well, you know, they they made a decision not to pursue him. Uh, and Jalen Ramsey basically says, I'm pissed. I'm pissed we didn't go get Julio Jones. I'm going to have myself a good Sunday, but this is all it took for a generational guy, and we were out of the Julio Jones sweepstakes. Wow. We would have been unstoppable, for real, with all them weapons. Julio to the 615. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, when you look at what he what he was traded for, you you would be pissed. You would be like, well, how how do we not make this happen? But unfortunately, th- you know, things are not always what they seem, Fred, and you know this. First off, Atlanta had to get rid of Julio Jones. I mean, it would they they're rebuilding there. They they signed a bunch of rookies. They got a guy, a couple guys that that are up Julio's contract was not advantageous to them, so he was gone. He was not going to be there. He had talked about getting out of there, so they were going to accommodate him. But what they were not going to do is evident of why he went to the Titans was send him to another team in the NFC, especially a team like the Rams that they're going to have to compete with over the next three years or whatever. They're not going to send him that. They were not going to send him to the NFC. Definitely not in the division, but definitely not in the NFC, which is why he went to Tennessee for that. But but the reason it didn't, you know. The first round thing didn't happen, I think, because Tennessee knew that too. They knew he had; they had to unload him. Yeah. So we're not we're not gonna give up a first round, but we'll give you a second and a third and and whatever else they got. But we're not giving you a first rounder, and and they had to take it. Yeah, and you know, they get off cheaply enough, don't you think? Yeah. First, the biggest reason why he's not a Ram is because how much money he's owed, and I don't want to talk about yeah. anybody's money like that, but fifteen, Jake, right? Yeah. Jalen, are you giving up some of your money so Julio can come in here? Because the Rams yeah, are as bad. That's back- a $15 million hit. Yeah, all up front this year. That, yeah. That's a big reason why this drug on so long, on top of the compensation that they wanted. You had to find a team that was willing to absorb all of his salary for this year and part of it for next year, too. Yeah. And the Rams have, how many years the last couple of years have they had to readjust contracts left and right just to get under the cap to sign draft picks? The Rams legitimately could not afford Julio Jones. And if they could, I think they probably would have taken a closer look at it. And they've how many resources at receiver do they already have? They just signed Cooper Cup to an extension and Robert Woods. I mean, they have a lot. I mean, it would have. I feel like getting Julio Jones to the Rams would have been a luxury trade. It's not a yeah. need for them. Yeah, well, it'd be a great luxury. Absolutely, but they don't need it. They're not hurting. You're like, man, damn, we really could. We really need yeah, Julio but Jones. But to your point, Kevin, it wasn't as simple as oh, they only it only took that to get him. Correct. It, it, you got to factor in the money, the salary cap, the, the them not wanting to trade within the you know within the conference. Uh, you know the the Atlanta having to give him up and and what they had to offer back. So it's just a, a lot more factors than oh he went for a second round and third round we could have got him. Next hour, Laker insider Bill Orem jumps on the show, and when we come back, we we'll get you caught up on everything that's happened today to the very second. You need to know what's going on. We need to tell you when it's lit.